Good morning. I told Steve I'm doing from Psalms 31, but it's Psalms 30. Sorry, Steve. It's Psalms 30. Let me tell you I'm going with this. The Bible says, let the redeemed of the Lord do what? Say so. And I am a standing, living testimony this morning. And this psalm, as last year I went through a medical challenge, a medical scare and a medical challenge. And uh, for about four, five, almost six months, I was out of commission because I was going through a, um, a difficult medical challenge. So I was down. I was, so I spent time to read the Bible. And I started reading from Genesis and I read through the entire Bible in about three, four months when I was out of commission because I was not preaching, I was not traveling, I was just taking it easy because I had had major surgery. I spent five hours on the operating table. Now, how many of you know that's not a short time? And when you are my age and I'm 65, your body is traumatized when you go through that kind of surgery. But by the grace of God, when I was reading this psalm, the Lord told me, when I restore you to health, I want you to give your testimony from this psalm. And this morning when I was thinking, well, Lord, what shall I bring in Oxford? The Lord took me back to this psalm and said, listen, just share what I did with you and through your life. Who knows that God may strengthen someone's faith this morning to trust God also for what he has done in my life. Somebody say amen. amen. And this psalm is very interesting. It's got about 12 verses. I'll read them through. Then we come back and just look at them in portions. Then in a few minutes, I'll be out of your way. Oh, hallelujah. It's, it's, it's up there for you. It's, it's up there for you on the bulletin. If you're able to read with me, you're welcome. Me and my Bible teacher by life flow. I'm not an evangelist. So if you're expecting that I lay hands on you and you fall down, I'm not doing that. Uh, the scriptures will just speak to you. And the Bible says, it's the truth that you know that will set you free. So if you're three with me, please, let's read all the 12 verses together. It's, uh, if you didn't bring your Bible, I like this technology. This technology helps people don't bring their Bibles. They just come to church, walking like they are going for a walk. But God, the word of God still meets you there. Let's read together. What does it say? I extol you. I thought we were reading together. You are playing me tricks. Three, four. I extol you, O oh Lord, for you have lifted me up and have not let my force rejoice over me. O oh Lord, my God. I cried out to you, and you healed me. Oh, Lord, you brought my soul up from the grave. You have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Come on, let's continue. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. For his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night. But joy comes in... Someone should have said amen, right? Just at that point. Let's go to the next one. Now in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountain stand strong. You hid your face and I was troubled. I cried out to you, O Lord, and the Lord made my supplication. What profit is there in my blood? When I go down to the pit, will the that praise you? Will it declare your truth? Hear, O oh Lord, and have mercy on me. Lord, be my helper. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. To the end that my glory may sing praise to you and not be silent. O oh Lord my God, I will give thanks to you. Hallelujah. I love that. Amen. Amen. Glory be to God. 
This is a psalm the Lord told me when I restore you, like Peter was told by Jesus. You know, the devil has chosen to sift you like wheat. Then Jesus says, but I have prayed for you that your faith does not fail. Then he told him, when you have been restored, please restore your brothers. And I, the Lord gave me this psalm and told me, you know what? When I'll have restored you to hell, because I will, I want you to give your testimony out of this psalm. And the first Sunday I stood up to preach uh, in the church after this time when I'd been through this medical sabbatical. This is a psalm I was preaching from. And strangely enough, something strange happened, very peculiar happened. Because the Saturday before I went to church, I'm coming out of this <laughs> season of recuperation. And I receive a call. The president of our nation and his deputy, they are coming to worship with us. And I'm wondering, God, I thought I just wanted to share my testimony. Because I've not been preaching for the last five months in the church. Now I'm going back and the president is coming. Should I change my message? The Lord told me, no, I gave you a message and just preach the same message. So I gathered courage and the president came with his deputy and the deputy came with his wife and they, normally they come with an entourage. But this is still the message I brought and God blessed their hearts. And I said, let them receive the testimony of what God's faithfulness can do in someone's life. And that's what I want to bring this morning. So you can understand that our God is faithful. The God we have been singing about, the God we have led to dance and I'm running just that freedom that uh, we sang about this morning. I have that freedom because of this psalm and what the Lord did in my life. Glory be to God. This psalm begins with, I will exalt you, O Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies, sorry, did not let my enemies or my foes rejoice over me. Somebody say amen. amen. Oh Lord my God, I cried to you and you healed me. Oh Lord, you brought my soul up from the grave and you have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. As I be giving my testimony, I'll also be praying for you. I'll also be encouraging you. And I believe by the grace of God, your faith level should have risen so that we can pray together at the end and believe that God shall touch someone and restore you. Somebody say amen. amen. Last year, what happened to me, let me just share very quickly. I was going for my routine medical checkup because uh, when you're over 60, my doctor told me every year, you need to come, we look at you and there are those vital things, you know they look at, now, now you, so I know you're looking at me strangely because you're not yet there but please, I'm waiting for you, I'm not going nowhere, but uh, by the time you reach 60 please, you need to start going for a regular medical checkup it was just a routine medical checkup. So I took, I told my wife, I'm going to see our doctor. So she said, oh, greet him, greet. So this doctor put me through all these routines, blood pressure, water, sugar diabetes, took my blood. Then he just recommended, you know what? I want to send you for an ultrasound because we want to check about urine retention in your bladder because when you reach this age, sometimes those things do happen and it's an indication of something. So I submitted myself to this medical examination. I'm lying on this table. This is something I've never been through before. But you ladies who are here, who have been mothers, you know what I'm talking about. When they put some cold liquid on your belly and, they, it's so, and then they rub on some this computer mouse. <laughs> and they're looking at the screen. Now, I'm lying down here. 
and they are looking, they are right with this thing on my belly and looking on this screen. Me, I'm not seeing the screen, but they are seeing the screen. And me, I'm just lying here so, so humbly, a whole bishop lying on this table. And they are rubbing this. And I'm wondering, God, uh, suppose members of my church saw me in this place right now with this thing being rubbed on my belly. It looks very interesting. Then I saw this lady. You know, I'm a grown-up. So I'm looking at this lady because she's looking at the screen. I'm looking at her face, and I saw her face change. How many of you know suddenly you begin to realize, oh, oh, she's seeing something that's worrying her. Then she stopped. She put the mouse down, walked out of the room. Next, someone else comes in and she's panting. <laughs> and she, she sees I'm also surprised. And where have you come from? Because I'm lying here with my belly open. And someone is walking in, a total stranger who I was not with. But then she introduces, you know what? I'm Dr. So-and-so. I'm the superior to the one who was here. How many of you know when you hear those words? Now, someone has gone to call their superior. It means you're in trouble now. This is double trouble. So, the superior, I'm saying, looking at me. And as the superior looked, I noticed also the face is changing. And that's when Psalms chapter 4, uh, sorry, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 18 came alive in my spirit. This is a scripture had read many times. But listen to what that scripture says in a nutshell. It says, while we don't fix our eyes in what is seen. For what is seen is temporary. See, that scripture is there. We do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are what? Temporary. That's the verse that came in my spirit immediately. Whatever is seen is temporary. And you know something? That gave me the peace of God in my heart. They are seeing something that I'm not seeing. And whatever they are seeing is causing them to get concerned and they are worried about me. And I thank God for that. But I'm lying here and wondering, God, whatever they are seeing, I don't know what they are seeing. But whatever it is, Lord, I don't know what it is. And this verse comes in my spirit just to give me an assurance. In the, in the end of it, it says, we don't fix our eyes on what has been seen. Because what is seen is what? Temporary. And it's like I receive an assurance in my spirit. If the doctors are seeing it, then it is and this morning, as I bring this word, I want to encourage somebody in this house. Because I don't know what you are going through. I don't know the situation you are facing, either in your health, in your family, in your finances, in your family situation. But I just want to assure you this morning and encourage you this morning. Don't fix your eyes on what has been seen. Because as long as you can see it, the Bible says it is temporary. And that gave me an assurance as I lay on this table. And they finished me and they told me, uh, Bishop, wake up and uh, we can give you uh, your report in two hours. I told them, no, please send it to my doctor because the doctor sent, it, sent me here. Let me discuss this situation with my doctor. So they sent it to my doctor while I went. <laughs> I went home, picked my wife, and I went for a mission out of town. And I did preach ministry that whole weekend. Came back there on Monday, but as soon as I landed in the city on Monday, I went to my doctor straight because I knew I need to discuss some things with him. I'm a grown-up. So I'm sitting in my doctor's office and looking at me and he goes, oh, JB, we looked at your pressure and it's all right. Your prostate is it's, it's the right size. And we looked at your sugar levels. They are okay. And he goes with all these good palatitudes. And he says, but. And I see I was expecting the but. But. 
we noticed something growing inside of you. We don't know what it is. It's somewhere between your stomach and your liver. Now, how many of you that's dangerous? Something is growing. We don't know whether it's growing on your liver or on your stomach, but there is a tumor right there. I started blaming myself for the going for the medical. Because if I had not gone, they would not have seen it. <laughs> but because I went, they had seen it. But I thank God I went at the right time. So he said, you know what? We need to send you for another more thorough examination. Now you need to go for a scan. So they sent me to this scan. And I'm sitting at this doctor, the radiographer's office. And they are giving me these things to drink. You know, they give you some bitter liquid to drink mixed with some fruit juice just to, to fool you. <laughs> and I drink about four glasses of this bitter stuff. And God gave me another verse. Sorry, I, forget to give, I forgot to give you that one. It's in Isaiah chapter 3 and verse 10. This is an interesting verse because it says, And you shall say to the righteous, It shall be well with them. For they shall eat the fruit of their doings. And this morning, I want to talk to someone in this house. Because as we sang today, our righteousness is not our own works. But the righteousness we rejoice in is the righteousness that has been brought to us by the grace of God. Through the cross that we are singing about. As we run to that cross, we receive a righteousness that comes from God. And this morning, God has sent me to say to someone in this house who loves God, who fears God, who has run to the cross, it is well with you. They are not on this side. Can I talk to the ones in this corner here? The Lord has sent me to talk to someone in this area. It is well with you. I know things may look bleak. I know it looks like it is bad. You are sitting in a doctor's office and wondering now, I've just finished with one ultrasound. Now the doctor says he saw something. Now I'm sending me to another expert here. And I'm sitting alone in this waiting room. And yet this verse, Isaiah chapter 3 verse 10 comes says, it is well. And do you know the peace that came into my heart? And that's why this scripture to me was very, very important. As God, as I was, uh, this time as I was recuperating reading scriptures, these verses came into me. I will extol you, O Lord, for you have lifted me up. And you have not let my enemies rejoice over me. Hallelujah. I pray this morning, your enemies shall not rejoice over you. They shall not over your life. They shall not ask you, where is your God? I pray this morning, may God come through for someone in this house. Again, I hear an amen in this area here. Can I preach to the ones who are here? Because the rest are keeping quiet. I pray that our God shall come through for you. He shall not allow your enemies to laugh over you and gloat over you and write you off and ask you, where is your God? May God come through for you in your time of need. Somebody say amen. amen. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I will extol you, oh Lord, for you have lifted me up. I'm standing here because God lifted me up. And he has not let my enemies rejoice over me. At that time of need, I cried out to you, O Lord. And you know what? The Lord healed me. And he brought my soul from the grave. You have kept me alive that I should not go down to the pit. Some of these things, there are people who have gone through them, my brothers and sisters. It's like going through the valley of the shadow of death. 
but they never came out alive. But today I stand here giving a testimony of God's faithfulness. At that time when I was going through that valley of the shadow of death, he never allowed my soul to go to the pit. And I believe as we talk together this morning, may God touch someone in this place. I'm looking for where there is faith. I had amen. Can you raise your hand? We pray for the group in this corner here. I pray this morning, may the grace and the power of God touch you, strengthen you, and lift you up. Somebody say amen. amen. My doctor sent me to a surgeon because this thing had grown to 11 centimeters, Jones. It was not small. 11 centimeters around that side. Looked like a pear inside my belly when they examined it from the scan. So he said, this one we need to open you up. We cannot do laparoscopic. It's not small. It's grown. So he sent me to a surgeon. The surgeon looked at it. He sent me to another. I did about four, five, six examinations before they said, you know what? We thank God this thing is not malignant. It's benign, but we need to remove it. Right now, it's causing you no problem. You have no pressure. You have no temperature. Your body functions are okay, but we cannot allow it to continue staying because it's a strange growth. So you need to submit to surgery. Now, I've not gone through surgery for years. So I had to submit. And the doctor told me, go and clear your diary. So in the month of May, I went in. And uh, I remember my wife took me. I walked in. I was okay. They did the pre-op. And I, I, I was waiting in this, in this room after they had done all the pre-op tests. They told me, okay, your blood pressure is okay. Everything is okay. We'll do, you'll go to theater around 5, 30, 6 in the evening. They told me you can go play. The peace of God came upon me. And I slept for about two hours. They came and woke me up. Hey, Bishop, wake up. Time for you to go to theater. And as I woke up, they put me in. You know, the hospitals have got their own rules. So from now on, change it to our uniform. I remove my home clothes, change to a uniform. They put me in this wheelchair. I told them I can walk. I felt strong enough to walk. Say, no, you are not walking. Now you are, you are our property. We need to wheel you in. So, so, so I'm sitting in this wheelchair and I'm, I'm being wheeled to theater, which is about like from here to the parking lot. And as I'm going through, there are people seeing me. And this is JB sitting in a wheelchair. And one of them is a member of our church. One of our daughter churches, Matthew's church. And he sees me and he rings his pastor. Pastor Matthew, I saw Bishop JB in a wheelchair. Did he have an accident or what? I've not heard about his sickness. And I'm, here I'm looking so humble in this uniform, hospital uniform. And I'm wheeled through and I'm handed over to the theater nurses. And they tell my wife, you cannot go beyond here. Loneliness begins. And I'm staying here alone. Lying in that theater with, I knew the surgeon. I didn't know the other doctors, but there were these four theater nurses. But let me tell you what happens right there. All of them were believers. <laughs> to my surprise, all of them were believers and they knew who I was. They were not members of my church, but they, and they come and tell me, Bishop JB, we want you to know we work in this theater and we are always praying that nobody dies in our theater. How, much of you, how many of you know that can be assuring? When you are going through under the knife and suddenly you find there's a believer telling you, you know what? God has sent us to work in this theater and we are here waiting for patients and nobody dies in this theater because we pray with them. And those four girls held my hands and they prayed. I'm sure Mama Gakoi, you remember James Ochola? One of them was James Ochola's daughter. 
She works in that theater. She, they prayed very faithful. They raised that prayer for me for about two minutes. The anesthetist was a Hindu lady who's a, who's a doctor with the ones with the red dot over here. You know what? She stood back until these girls finished praying. Then they handed me over to her. Within 30 seconds, I did not know where I was. But I, I thank God for those prayers. Let me, talk, I, let me tell you what I felt. I felt like God sent his angels ahead of me. And you are waiting for me there. And I'm praying for somebody here. You are facing some challenge somewhere. May God send his angels. I say, may God send his angels to go ahead of you many times. And you, you will never know how angels would look like. You know, that day I realized angels, sometimes they look just like me and you. They are dressed in, they are dressed in nurse's uniform. They are dressed like a doctor. They are dressed like, but you discover God has sent them in that place to encourage you and strengthen you. And at that moment, I give God the glory that those ladies were there. I pray for someone in this house. I don't know what, I, I know I was sent to encourage somebody in this church. I'm encouraging someone right here. May God keep you alive. May God strengthen you. Somebody say amen. amen. That's why verse 4 is very important for me. That's the second part of it. In verse 4 he says, you know what? Sing praises together with me to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holy name. Why? For his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Oh, hallelujah. One more time I said hallelujah. May your morning come today. Somebody say amen. Sing praise to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of Remembrance of his holy name. Why? For his anger is but for a moment. Now, let me tell you the struggle I had, Jones. The struggle I had is that I've served God since I was a teenager. I was born again when I was 17. And I started serving God from the age of 19. And I've served God so faithfully. <laughs> I don't steal. I don't cheat. I don't do anything. And I thought, God, the devil put it in my spirit to think, you know what? God must be angry with you. Because I was wondering, how can this happen to me? Lord, I've served you faithfully. I've been on the mission field. I pastor your people. And suddenly I felt like Job's, Job, Job felt when his friends came and Met his, him in a calamity. And he said, Job, something like this cannot happen to you unless God is angry with you. And there are some of us, it is easy to think when something like that happens to you, when you are diagnosed with something, when they notice that growth in your life, when something in your life is not working the way you thought it should work, sometimes we are tempted to think, you know what? God, you may be angry with me. And Brethren, I want to confess, I felt as though God was angry with me. How can this surely of all people happen to me? Because, can I talk to you? Can I talk to you? I know preachers who are not strict. Preachers who are liars, who are cheaters, who monkey around with other people's wives, but they are very healthy. And I'm wondering, God, I don't do any of those things. And here I am, being diagnosed with a growth 
between my stomach and my liver as big as a pear. 11 centimeters, God, you must be angry with me. Until I looked at that verse again. Put it up. Until I looked at that verse again. Do you know what it says? His anger is but for a moment. But his favor is for life. And the spirit of God just told me. Yes, even if God was angry with you. His anger is only for a moment. And you know something? Listen to what I'm going to say now. We don't live under the anger of God. We live under the favor of God. His favor is for life. His anger is only for a moment. But his favor is for life. Because me and you, friends, we are not products of his anger. We are not products of his wrath. We are not given to his wrath. No, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, because of his cross, which we sang this morning, he took his anger for us. He took his wrath for us. So that me and you, for, by, by, to the glory of God, may live under his favor for the rest of our lives. Someone should have said amen right there. We don't live under the anger of God. We don't operate under the anger of God. We live under the favor of God. And I pray for someone in this house this morning. As you go around your business, if you find a calamity or a setback ahead of you, God is not angry with you. No, you are living under his favor. And listen to what I'm going to say now. Yes, whatever negativity may come your way, remember what Paul says. All things work together for good to those who love God, who are the called according to his purpose. Somebody say amen. amen. Listen to me, friends. I like what the, the book of Exodus says. In Exodus, somewhere Moses is told by God, when, when God says, I will visit the iniquity of the fathers upon their children to the fourth generation, and it stops. But it says, but to those who love me, hallelujah, I'll release my favor and my blessing, not to the fourth generation, but for thousands of generations. Friends, when God begins to bless, he has got no limit. But when it comes to his anger, his wrath, and his judgment, there is a limit to that. But when it comes to his blessing and favor, there's no limitation. I want to bless you this morning. Am I in the right church in this house? If this is Oxford Community Churches, may you walk in the favor of God for the rest of your life. May you enjoy his favor for the rest of you. And listen, look at, put up that scripture again. Put up that, that scripture again. And I, I've been just sent to encourage somebody here. Put up that scripture again. I'm not away. You, you work with me, whoever is on the computer. You are a man of God or woman of God, whatever it is there. <laughs> no, no, not that one. I'm still in the psalm. I'm still in the psalm. No, 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 not that one. Yeah, that, that one. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> I'm looking for the psalm, the verse that says, you know what? Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. It is, is it there now? I like that scripture. Are you seeing that? What does it say? Weeping may endure for a that there are some seasons of a night that you are going through. Yes, your weeping will only endure for a night, but joy comes in the Can I prophesy? Yeah, I had yes. These ones are still quiet. Are you interceding for them still? Can I profess in this area? Your morning has come. I say your morning has come. Your season of weeping, let it come to an end. 
Your season of anguish, let it come to an end. Your season of uh, uh, anxiety, let it come to an end. May the morning of God's peace and calmness and assurance come upon you today to know, you know what? I may go through a season of weeping. It can only endure for a night. But joy comes in the morning. Let me turn this thing around. Let's go to the next verse. Go to the next portion. Now in my mountain, I said, I shall never be moved. Lord, by your favor, you've made my mountain stand strong. You hid, my, you hid your face and I was troubled. I cried out to you, Lord, and to the Lord I made supplication. Listen to what I'm going to say. I'm about to be done with this thing. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise God again. Praise God again. I'm a pastor. I'm a what? I'm not only a pastor. I've been preaching for the last over 40 years. Can I continue? Some of the most powerful evangelists who have come to our nation, whether it's Billy Graham, Reinhard Bonke, I worked with them. Benny Hinn, I've worked with them hand by hand. I'm a household name in my nation. We talked about our church. We have about 10,000 people who come to worship with us every Sunday morning. When I say three services, it's about 3,000 people, 3,500 3, every service they go. It is very easy when God has used you the way he has used me to be tempted to think it is all because of you. When my mountain was strong, suddenly it is easy to start thinking, oh God, I have stood because of myself. By my hands I've done this. Until God reminded me it's got nothing to do with you. It is very easy in our prosperity to say, I shall never, ever be moved. And I've had people say, you know, where I've reached with God, the way I've walked with God, the miracles, because I have seen miracles. I've seen cripples walk. I've seen blind eyes open. I've seen barren women who have been barren for 15, 10, 20 years coming and by prayer. Many of them, God has opened their wombs and they are now mothers. By the grace of God, God has allowed me to see these things through my life and through my ministry. And it's very easy to think, you know, where I've reached with God, ah, nothing like that can come. In my prosperity, I thought, Mama, please never, listen to what I'm going to say now, never ever think you are beyond some of these calamities. That's the mistake some of us make. And I've heard preachers say, I shall never be sick again. The devil cannot put sickness on me. Look at me and say, you don't know, you don't know the dealings of God. God can allow th- stuff to happen to you just to bring you down to earth. Because whatever happens, look at, look at the next verse. Lord, by your favor, you have made my mountain stand strong. But because when you hear, when you hear your face, I was troubled. If God's face and countenance is not shining upon you, not shining upon me, without his favor upon our lives, Pastor Jones, we've got no leg to stand upon. We are standing because of his favor. Never ever come to a place where you can boast in your own strength, 
in your own goodness, in your own righteousness. It has got nothing to do with you. It has got everything to do with the favor of God upon your life. I listened to Jesus cry on the cross. And his cry was, Elohi, Elohi, lama sabachthani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because for a moment when Christ became your sin and my sin, God's eyes, which are too holy to behold sin, turned away from his own son. And Jesus immediately felt lonely on that cross. And because, God, if you hide your face from me, immediately I'll be troubled. But as he called on his father, suddenly he was strengthened. And he said, my father, in your hands I commit my spirit. I'm not going anywhere. and You're not going anywhere. But I'm here to encourage you. Let us always remember it is not our mountain standing strong because of our strength. It is because of his favor. That's why one more time I'm praying for you. May his favor make you stand. May you never ever come to a place where you assume because of who you are, what God has used you to do, the things God has shown you, you can never be shaken. All of us can be shaken. I was shaken by those news. I was shaken by that examination. I was shaken by that surgery. I, had, I spent five hours on that operating table. My wife did not see me from five o'clock until 2.30 in the morning. That's when I was coming out of this anesthesia. Friends, I have not been in hospital for that long, but I spent seven days recuperating. But I saw what got the faithfulness of God. Listen to me, friends. When I was discharged, they only discharged me with paracetamols. Those are the only painkillers they gave me. After seven days, I came back. He removed the staples that he had put to hold my skin together. And he never gave me any prescription. Until I reached in the car and my wife was driving me home. And I said, you know what? Honey, he never gave me any prescription. I need to go back and ask him for one. Until I remembered, maybe I don't need one. And I've never gone back. Because I've never needed one. It's over here now. I pray for someone here. May God strengthen your faith. To know that by his favor, God will make you stand. Can somebody say amen? amen. Look at the next verse. Because I'm about to finish this thing. Are you enjoying my preaching? If you're not enjoying, I'm enjoying it myself. <laughs> Hallelujah. Go, go, back, go back before you. have gone ahead of me. Just go back to the previous verse. It says, it says and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my blood when I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it declare your truth? You know sometimes, hallelujah. I say hallelujah. There are, times I'm, there, there are times when you are praying to God, you need to pray this kind of prayer. In the Swahili language, you call it maumbia finyo. Okay, I'm trying to say finyo. What is finyo in, in English? You've lived in here more than me. Uh, no, not exaggeration. You provoke God with your prayer. You bring your strong reasons to God. Somebody say amen. David is bringing strong reasons why God should answer him. God, what good is there if I go down to the pit? Will that dust praise you? Will it declare your truth? When I was going through this season, there are two prayers I prayed. And one of them was simply this. God, you have said in your word, if I honor my father and my mother, it shall be well with me. And my days shall be long. 
So I had to remind him, Lord, I've honored my father. I've honored my mother. <laughs> I honored my father-in-law. I honored my mother-in-law. And they went, uh, when they passed on, they passed on as believers. And many of them, we are the ones who led them to the Lord. And we took care of them until their last day. God, you, because of your word, I'm standing on that promise. It shall be well with me. Hallelujah. I pray for somebody in this house. May it be well with you. Hallelujah. And the other one is the one that you saw coming up there. Proverbs chapter 9 verse, verse 11. Put, put out that Proverbs chapter 9. By me your days will be multiplied. For years of life will be added to you. I stood on this scripture. I said, God, you have said by me, by you, my days will be multiplied. And years will be added to me. Because, because I told God, I'm only 64. You need to multiply my days. You need to add years to my life. Someone, I'm, I'm preaching to somebody here. No, maybe not all of you, but I'm preaching to somebody here. May God multiply your days. I had an amen in this area. Well, next time I come, Jones, I'll, I'll move this group right here, okay? So I can be preached to them also. But let me come on this side. May God multiply your days. May he has be added to your life. Somebody say amen. amen. You know, God, God is able to multiply your days. The doctors may be saying, you know what? You've got two years. You've got six months. But they don't know the God of heaven. Amen. The God of heaven can multiply your days. He can add years to you. So you can do what God has purposed you to do. I, and I feel as I stand before you, my days have been multiplied. Years have been added to my life. I met Hedwin who has not seen me for some time. He told me, oh, you look younger. Hedwin, that's the secret. <laughs> God added my days. He has, multiple, he has multiplied my days and added years to my life. Now, let me finish this. Look at the last portion. Go back to Psalms 30. Let's finish this. Hear, O oh Lord, that was my prayer, and have mercy on me. Lord, be my help. I look to God for help. Let us look to God. Let us look to him. We have a helper that cannot deny us. We have a helper who is able to help us. You know, that's why I thank God, Steve, for that testimony that you just played for us. Looking at the story of those two missionaries, God is their helper. When you're in a place like that, my brother, my sister, where there's no, we don't have NHS, you have got no 911. Talk to me. The roads are earth. <laughs> Hello, there's no Tesco, no Morrisons. You come to a place where you've got to look to God for your help. Even in this kind of atmosphere, let us continue looking to God as our helper. Because sometimes you can come to a place whereby your money cannot help, the atmosphere cannot help, the government cannot help because the government is grappling with the Brexit. You only, only God can help you. When you come to that place, may God be your helper. May God come on your side. May God strengthen you. Somebody say amen. Do you know what he did for me? Look at that scripture. You have turned for me my mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with gladness. Hallelujah. I pray may God turn your mourning into dancing. May God change your garment. Oh, hallelujah. Can you do some prophetic action right now? See, I told you I'm finished. You may think I'm still preaching, yet I'm done. Glory be to God. I say glory be to God. Can you do some prophetic action? Yeah, come on, stand on your feet right now together with me. You know, and, and let's just, he says, in the, don't, don't put the scripture back up there. We are still working on that scripture. We are still working on that scripture. 
What does it say? You have turned for me, my what? My mourning into dancing. You have put off my sackcloth and clothed me with what? Gladness. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to invite you, dear brother, dear sister. I don't know what you're going through, but let us just turn around 360 degrees. Just turn. I said you turn around. I'm turning and you are just looking at me. You don't turn once. Turn two, three times and just declare. Every time you turn, just declare, it is over. It is over. It is over. It is over. Give the Lord a hand clap of free. Do you know by that prophetic action? May God turn your mourning into dancing. May God turn your, change your garments. Instead of sackcloth, let him give you a garment of praise. Do you know what we have just done? Some of you don't understand what we have just done. Can I tell you what we have just done? Some of you have, you have just canceled your funeral. You've just canceled it. The devil had planned my funeral last year, but God canceled it. And I'm still here to testify of the goodness of God, of what God can do. God can sustain. God can keep. God can raise. Somebody say amen. amen. And I pray for each one of you. May God turn what would have been a season of mourning for you into a season of dancing. What would have been a season of calamity, let him turn it to a season of praise and a season of rejoicing. May God turn what would have been a night situation for you. Let the morning come. Somebody say amen. amen. So that your weeping which I cannot endure for a night comes to a stop. And may the joy of the Lord, which is your strength, begin to manifest in your life. So that to the end, may the glory of God sing praises out of you and not be silent. May God make you a testimony. They're not on this side again. May God make you a testimony in your generation to your contemporaries where you are working in your neighborhood. May God make your life a testimony that shall testify of his glory, of his goodness, of his mercy, and of his power, and of the work of the cross. Somebody say amen. amen. Let's read the last sentence together. What does it say? Oh Lord my God. I will give thanks to you. How long? Forever. May goodness and mercy follow you. And may you dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. And together we say, Amen. Amen. And again we say, Amen. Amen. God bless you.